gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. While the jingle bells are jingling And the snow begins to fall And my grandma makes some gingerbread cookies Just across the hall I'm freaking about what to get you then it suddenly occurs to me The best Christmas present is to rock your body Underneath the fucking tree I wanna rock you home this Christmas I wanna fill your stocking with my candy cane of joy We'll have a very, very motherfucking Christmas I'll drop a love train down Santa Claus Lane I'm your little drummer Hello and welcome to the Blanket Sal Show with Mark, episode number 404. Pretty pretty, that put 404 in the playlist for this week's show, and it looks like an error code, so it does not look right. <laughs> that made me laugh when I was doing that. But anyway, I'm like, the biggest deal podcasting Sal is off this week, as um we were kind of scheduled while he's at work. So that's one of those things that happens when we're trying to schedule things. He's working. So let's bring on my other co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, our wrestling historian, with a lucha background, Mark Dad, how you doing? Hey, doing well. It's a little blustery outside, so uh, hey. you may have to go and anchor yourself down so you don't blow away. It is not as bad as it was the other day. Like it was like negative, like eleven degrees and like negative five oh, degree wind yeah. chill. Like the other day, it was terrible. Yeah, like, yeah, oh my god! Morning temperature was ten with the wind chill. Made it like man. Oh, no, 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 no. I was out at five. I, I leave the house at like five thirty on Mondays, and it was fucking uh-huh. freezing. So I don't like five o'clock on some Mondays, it was fucking freezing until like eight eight thirty nine o'clock. It was so cold. <laughs> was, it, was it so cold you were freezing your balls off? I, um, I, I I don't get cold, and I was fucking freezing. So that says a lot. <laughs> there you go. So all right, uh, we do have a special guest guest with us today. He is on um, one of our regulars and a um, special guest of the year nominee. So let's do this and bring him in. Let's bring in PW Torch Comlist, Rich Fan. Rich, welcome to the show. Mark, Blake, thank you as always. I appreciate the rousing welcome. I apologize in advance if my voice is a little uh, nasally slash gravelly. It's a combination of me being the chaperone for Pitt's ACC championship trip and trying to corral 162 kids to and from buses after that game. 
Wow. I, I will say, I have to ask, this is just after watching Dynamite this week. When we go to Pitt, do we get this big production video of you being produced? It's like, I, I local references for no apparent reason whatsoever and wearing your, wearing your jacket and all this kind of stuff like MJF got on Wednesday. I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I would love it. And it's funny because I'm originally, when I saw that video, I'm originally from Brooklyn and I thought about ah. it. I was like in high school. I went to high school in the Poconos and then I went to college at Pitt. So if I were to do it, it probably would be for comedy purposes. It would be when I was in the Poconos. And like he was a varsity player for a team that won one game in four years. Hey, I, I, I am a I am a Hall of Famer in my hometown. My football team's in the Hall of Fame, so I could throw in that oh, wow. for my own personal thing. So I'm like, that's actually yeah. A couple of years ago, my um my football team, I, I won the BPSL championship our, my senior year. It was the first championship in our city in football in 19 years. And we ended up going into the Hall of Fame in our hometown for it. It was pretty cool. I went through the ceremony and everything. See, you got to have a little, when you put your name up from now on, Hall of Famer. Like Riley. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Wade Keller. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, and you're not from North Carolina. Oh, dude. I, and I is where, I is where, uh, I don't know, it's going to be a two week. I hope Justin's back for that show. I really do. <laughs> I hope he's back for that one. <laughs> All right. COVID? No, it's family situation. That's all I know. The thing is, Justin, unlike most people, are actually very, is very quiet on social media, Justin Roberts. So I have no idea what's going on with him. So that's a good thing. I'm not going to say that's not a bad thing whatsoever. So, but we will get to other things in a few minutes. Let's start the show. Help support the show and find all the products you can find the show and other products we work on. And every show that I've guested on, and actually people part of the show have guested on, over at the newly redesigned TheBlakenStyleShow.com, Dad Takes House Park. Hey, you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more from our TeePublic store. Click on the TeePublic link on our website or go to TeePublic and search the Blake and Sal show. Also, go to blowthecollar.com and search the show and get your t-shirts there. Oh, and did we get the Blake and Sal show with Mark Christmas tree skirts in yet? No, but no, no, no. That one I can't help you with. We can. I would love to get like an orbit. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> Not gonna lie. So little Funko, little Funko Pop ornament. Hey, hey, I love our logo, so I can't complain. I do love our logo right now. Um, it's nothing to do with the fact that I made it, but still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get a commercial. We'll come back and plug them. All right. Um, we're back. First of all, um, as I said last week, I'm on the Next Scene podcast. I was on two episodes of that show talking about Home Alone 2. Nothing to do with the background I currently have. That was completely coincidental that my background happened to be New York City um, Christmas. But no, I was on Home Alone uh, over the Lost in... I forgot what it was called, but it's Home New Alone York. 2 over... No, 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 not the name of the movie, the name of the podcast. I think it's Lost in the Podcast um, on the Next Scene podcast. So I think that's the name of the show. Okay. Um, so go listen to me over there. And um, we have the Blake and Sal Show Awards. I should be going to promote this because the, the voting has been nuts. Like, this is the best voting turnout we've had in, like, three years. So the voting has been crazy. I've had to reset the polls twice because it's almost broke the server. <laughs> it, it's gotten a little crazy with this voting. You mean, so you mean like what happened when Amazon services went down the other day? I wouldn't go that far. We're, we're not that popular. Uh, <laughs> but the voting I, has I, been nuts. I, I, I thought maybe we had something to do with that. 
No, I, I wish. I wish. Um, but yeah, so go vote. And um, the numbers are going to be interesting when we come back. At it. The, the vote, the, the um, voting is closing this weekend because we're recording the show, obviously, before the holidays. But yeah, it's going to be it's a, a hell of a vote. It's actually really cool to see the numbers go up. Um, vote twice and vote often. Vote as often as you want. We're not, this is not a, this is not a, um, an actual like federal poll. We'll, we'll let you vote as many times as you want. <laughs> Please remember, do not use the address of Kaminsky Park, okay? Oh, jeez. All right. Um, Rich, I'll let you get your plugs in early. Go for it. Sure. So uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, F-A-N-N. Uh, I do most of my work at The Torch. So you can look on PW Torch and anywhere where you get podcasts, you'll find myself either with the deep dive with Rich Fan on the free side of things. But if you're a member and you go VIP, you can always listen to my show. I do every week, everything with Rich Fan with Wade and Keller. And uh, I think that's it. Other than I will be putting out the early invite for you guys to participate in my roundtable when uh, Peacemaker comes out. I'm going to be having oh. folks on to talk about uh, that and then your thoughts on wrestlers and uh, movies and television. Ooh, that sounds like fun. That does sound like fun, actually. You know, I do. I will be watching Peter. I, I have not even watched. I'm not a big DC movie person, like the new DC movies. I'm not a fan. Like, I'm not a, I'm an MCU person, but I'm not a DCU person. But I will watch Peacemaker just to see what the fuck they do. Just know, to see what it is. <laughs> with, with the current Suicide Squad. There it is. Thank you. Uh, it was strange to see John Cena and Tidy Whitey's. And I just, it, it just that image is like, okay, no, no, no. I'm sticking with boxer briefs. <laughs> no, just, just a very scary image. I, I will say, though. Imagine he's got jorts on. You'll be safe. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I, I'll just throw out there. I am, um, I have been watching Hawkeye. I am caught up on Hawkeye, which is something I haven't said about an MTV TV show in like three shows. I still have not watched Loki. And I still have not caught up on what if, but I did watch Hawkeye. The problem with Loki, Rich, it came out at a weird time when I'm still adjusting my schedule. Mm. And throwing the show from a Friday to Wednesday threw me off completely. Completely threw off my entire schedule. So like now I'm adjusted to a Wednesday release. So now I'm I can I'm catching up on Loki as catching up at a Hawkeye, which by the way, fantastic show. Fantastic show. Mm-hmm. It is. It very um, is. Yeah, so. uh, and, and to me, you know. It's only six episodes. And... It's a shame. It's only six episodes. But, but see, the good, thing yeah. is, it leaves you wanting for more. So the next season it comes on. If it does. I, well, I don't see why it wouldn't. It's getting good numbers. That doesn't mean anything. WandaVision had a great number. They only plan for one season. So, uh, like. <laughs> the people demand another season. I'm just saying, my point is, WandaVision was only planned for one season. It did fantastic, but it was only one season. Well, Falcon and Winter Soldier is only meant for one season because they're planning a movie. So, like, you don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, the only other thing I do want to bring up, and this is actually no surprise to me whatsoever that I'm bringing up this. Um, Andy Live happened last week. And normally, I've been ignoring, I've been bringing up musical stuff. By the way, I am returning to movies this week. I am seeing West Side Story the, on Friday night. I'm so looking forward to it. I did not think I'd be looking forward to this as much as I have been, but I am we made your going on Friday night, like 7 p.m. showing. So real excited. But um, Annie Live happened last Thursday night. Did not watch it live. Annie had no interest. So I watched it on Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, my, I have very high standards when it comes to the hot live musicals. I have very high standards. Grease Live might be the best one ever done. Like not even close to the best. And people talk about that as the best one ever done. This is right up there with Grease Live. 
it was entertaining. It was fun. It was, it was, you could not be in a bad mood when it was over. Like it was so much fun. And I'm not even a UDAN fan. I'm not even a UDAN fan of the show. I didn't want to watch it because it was a live musical. And I just wanted to see to have some fun. And it was so good. <laughs> so as far as Broadway, I guess the situation, would it, would, could you say that this performance would be like very similar to having in the Broadway show? It felt like it. It felt like it. But the cool part was these are the most talented kids I've ever seen. Like some of the kids were so talented. It, like even if you don't want to go out of your way to see Hard Knock Life, you, that was so entertaining and you, so great and know, energetic. I uh, before it came out and had trailers, I had a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that uh, Harry Connick Jr. would be Danny Warbucks. It worked though, but it worked. I mean, the the the, the um the head the the freaking head thing on his head was terrible. That was awful. It was absolutely terrible. But you can't deny the fact that it's Harry Connick Jr. and he acted it great, and he's an amazing singer. And they oh, even yeah. put a they even put a piano on the stage for him to play piano, which is not in the movie. This is not in the show. They put that on her for him. I had, <laughs> I had no idea that uh, Touch P Henson could sing she oh man, my god it was good she's, she's got a she's got great vocals but yeah i definitely think it's on peacock and if you have the wb network it's on the um you can watch a commercial free like i did mm-hmm. like we have the ten dollar tier no commercials so you can watch peacock on peacock commercial free so i definitely recommend it especially if you want to be in a good mood like somebody said a perfect this was the perfect musical for now mm-hmm. because it was about hope by the end of the day it was about hope and that's kind of what everyone needs right now, especially with the pandemic still going on. So, like, you need the hope, and that's what this musical is. So, definitely high praise. Like I said, I put it up there with Grease Live. As I'll rewatch it again, I'll go back and watch it mm-hmm. down the road, like I did Grease Live. Like I watched Grease Live numerous times. I will go back and watch Andy Live down the road, just because it was that good. There you go. So, all right, so let's get on with the show. Let's get into the wrestling production now. It's the way to come on here and say a thing or two. Wait, 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 wait. You all deserve this. Under the sea. Under the sea. Oh, what a rush. Oh, what a rush. Oh, get the light off. It's me. Don't worry, you could have seen the commando. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. I could have listened. What are you? Stop! Listen! Because... 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 I am Lance Catamaran. All right. Let's get into this. We have a couple of interesting news items here. So let's go to the news. Um... One is breaking from this week, and one broke literally right before we came on the air. So this is one of those really breaking, one of those rare cases. We are talking a breaking news story on the show. It has never happened. So before we get to that, um, I'll throw this one to Dad. Blackjack Landa passed away at the age of 86 years old, Hall of Famer. Um, let's throw it to Mark. Talk about Blackjack Lanza. When I first saw Blackjack Lanza, he was with Vern Gagne's uh, AWA organization. And he had teamed up with, at that time, Bobby Heenan, who was our manager, and Big Bad Bobby Duncombe. And Big Bad Bobby Duncombe, he was, he fit his name perfectly. I mean, this guy was big. This guy was 
not overly muscular, but just big boned and a, a, a brawler. And when he hits you with his like overhead fists, oh my God, you felt the welts. I mean, I, you could see the, the blood breaking on the skin and starting to swell. Uh, and uh, they went up against uh, the High Flyers and Baron Roshki and the Crusher. I, I believe they captured the belts in the AWA. But even before that, he teamed up with Blackjack Mulligan in uh, Vince's uh, territory, and he won championship gold over there. Uh, just for people, Blackjack Mulligan is Barry Windham's father. Uh, and the, the two teamed up very well, and the gimmick worked. Uh, the glove on the hand, depending on who you spoke with, either had some lead in it, when he hits you, knocked you out, or towards the end, they did what they call the heart punch, lifted your arm and right underneath that armpit, hit in that area where the heart's supposed to be and knocked you out cold. Now, supposedly they were trying to put a ban on the heart punch just to make the gimmick work better. But yeah, when he left there and became a road agent for WWE, uh, you would see him from time to time come up from the back to help you know control wrestlers fighting but uh he was very well received in, in vince's organization for all the work he's put into the industry very knowledgeable man uh passed his uh knowledge on to the younger generation as far as promos and gimmicks and things of that nature so he was very well uh, received Sorry, and uh apologies you know, it's a huge loss to, to the wrestling industry and, and for the fans that followed him. So my condolences go out to his family and the fans. Right. So we're having, he's doing this whole, um, this whole like thing. All of a sudden his theory on his watch to start talking to him. That was so weird. That was so strange. Theory? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. Charity Rhodes on Blackjack. I mean, I think Siri took them all away from me. She was just, she wanted to just have ever say, I get it. They must have had a very special relationship, I guess. Um, oh, that's I, fantastic. I thought he was, I thought he was awesome. I love the heart punch as a finisher to Mark's point. It was something that was one of those first pro wrestling moves when I saw it as a kid. I saw it as one of the band moves. Like he mentioned, like, oh my God, if I, if I did this on the playground, I'm going to jail because clearly Blackjack is like murdering these dudes with this move. And I, it's so funny as, as Mark was talking about seeing him in the back, I think about now my, at, at 40 for me, seeing some of the wrestlers from my youth as the people coming out for WWE or AEW, like Sanjay Dutt, like Sanjay Dutt went from this high flyer to a suit. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that happens with all of us. Time comes for us all. And thinking of Blackjack Lanza being the scariest dude on the planet, and then he's now a dude in a suit, it's it's very, very jarring. And so my you know thoughts with, with his family, and I honestly thought back in the day when there were tag teams, the, those two were the scariest. Like if there could ever be a, a 2021 version of the Blackjacks, I want to see who they are and if they're as bad as the original ones were. Well, there you go. All yeah, right. Okay, you no, know, no. The, the people that could pull it off, and maybe not now, it would have been at the time uh, Barry and his brother Kendall Wyndham. If they wanted mm. to reform the Blackjacks, he could have did it, but I don't think they would have done it justice. Mm. 
All right. Um, so this news literally broke right as I was getting home today. Um, I literally walked in, checked my Instagram, and all of a sudden this story popped up like, wait, what? What's going on? Um, WWE released Jeff Hardy. Um, he was sent home over the weekend uh, after um, walking off a match at a live event. And um, there is video of him walking off through a crowd during a match, which is crazy. Um, and then he was sent home. Uh, apparently, according to Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful and probably other places, this is where I read it from, um, Jeff was offered help and rehab. He did not accept the help or the rehab, which I think is ridiculous. And um, Jeff was released. Um, wow. I did not expect his news today. Uh, Rich, anything on your end? I think for them, they've had years where they kind of ignored it and they've done storylines about Jeff's substance abuse addiction. And so them offering it, I get, you know, I get it. It's a good thing to do, but I also feel like it's a safe thing for them to do to make sure they, they stay out of legal arrears, so to speak. He's currently for them, honestly, at the Kurt Angle stage of, we don't want something to happen to you on our payroll. And so I get them letting him go. I just hope he gets the help he needs. If he didn't want to accept it now, I hope at some point Matt and his family kind of get around him and love on him and just say, hey, man, you got you to do this. Because we saw with Moxley, the, the stigma for the modern fan and hopefully for the modern wrestler isn't of weakness when you go to rehab or you seek help. It's of strength. And so hopefully it's just that he's in the moment and he can't fight through it and folks can get through him, do him. And it wasn't just WWE putting that out there to make them, uh, you know, kind of like they have a little parachute to back out of it. Well, I know I was here that any alumni WWE can go to them and say, I want to go to rehab, even if they're not working for them. So that's not really any new. I've heard that before. So that's not really new information to me. Um, Dad, your thoughts on this breaking news story today? Um, I heard about the situation. I just didn't know how WWE was going to handle it. And now we know. Uh, and it's been known that just had some problems, especially with, with alcohol. And he's gone to rehab and he's felt better for it. Um, there had to be some sort of incident or something that caused him to go backwards in his recovery. I'm not sure what it is. Wow. And knowing Jeff, I, you know, he's not going to say anything right now. Um, but all I can say is, like, as Richette echoed, um, reach out sometime and, and, and take the help that's offered because here's the thing if someone is giving you a chance to fix yourself take it because if it's not offered down the road and all of a sudden now you say i want to do it and they don't basically back up on their offer well to me that's going to cause more of an emotional issue that would probably cause more of a tailspin for someone like jeff uh, i know right before this happened he was talking about reintroducing his Willow character. Oh, that wasn't going anywhere. No, whether or not that was something that would have caused him to act out on, on something like this, I don't know. But he wanted to reintroduce the Willow character. And then, of course, everyone's, you know, they went to Matt and what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And to Matt's credit, he said, I don't know. It's Jeff's personal situation. And I don't get involved in this personal situation. And also, but I will say that. I will say this. Matt yeah. went through this already. Matt's been through this. If you remember, if you remember, I talked to Mandy about this earlier. Right. That 
Matt put out those like almost suicidal videos back when he was going through his issues. So yeah. like Matt knows how to, what this goes through is I think he understands Jeff. If it's Jeff doesn't want to talk, he's not going to talk right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's the time too when Matt had his t-shirts, Matt Hardy can't die. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, if you can work through it and this is the way you'd handle it, kind of like as a backhanded joke, and it's great you can do that. Jeff's situation, I'm hoping that basically he can look through all the muck and, you know, get the help he needs because here's the thing. It's, it's, don't do it for the fans. Don't, you can do it for your family, but the main thing is do it for yourself. Uh-huh. All these years of basically abusing alcohol or recreational drugs, you know, it's the body is taking a toll in the body. And before something really scary happens, please reach out and take the help that's offered to you. I agree. I agree. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. And nobody said this yet, but I also haven't. This literally broke up before we came on. So I guarantee there's somebody out there saying this. No, Jeff should not go to AEW right now. No, the Hardy Boys should not reunite in AEW. No, no Tony Khan won't touch him right now. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Right now, I, I just wanted to put that on the record. That's how I feel right now because I know someone's out there saying it online. So Jeff, there you go. <laughs> Jeff has to be selfish and fix Jeff for Jeff. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on. Um, NXT. More games happened this past weekend. I, I'm not going to go through the entire show because honestly, it was a good show, but then a great show. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a better show than I expected. But before we even get to that. We've been doing it with guests lately, and Rich, you haven't been on. What are your thoughts on NXT 2.0? Well, that is a that's a loaded question. I think, and I mentioned this to Wade a few days ago. I see NXT 2.0, and we we were joking uh, before we started about you know my, my hometown and all that. Uh, I see it almost like JV football, and so you're trying to run the varsity plays. You're trying to figure out how you fit in the team, and then you get elevated when you're ready. So to that end, well, magic dog. Uh, <laughs> to, to that end, <laughs> uh, I see a lot of what they're doing out there. It's I'm not watching it to be entertained. I'm watching it to see what they're trying to teach and if the students are learning. And I think the takeover was a good example of that because you had a lot of matches where I could see they didn't want to put too much out there physically for the newer wrestlers to get injured doing, even in a war games environment, just like with the ladder matches, but they had veterans with them that could guide them through. And it, it, it came out fine. I think Braun breaker is a star and I love watching this stuff. Just like I watched Tony D'Angelo. I like watching, uh, 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 Carmelo Hayes. I'm going to throw Corey Jade in there. Cause she was a star this past Saturday, yeah. this past Sunday. So. Yeah, and uh, what's the name of the the woman who has the uh, the television show? Oh, oh, I can't stand that show. I can't think of the name of it, but I know you're talking about. Lash out? Lash, 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 oh, yeah, Lash, Lash. Lash. Lash Legend. I, and I like the idea of it. I get that you don't like it, but I think putting people in those positions, even on TV where it's kind of like some people are going to like it, some hate it, I think getting that opportunity is a lot better than just being Geisha or uh, Triple H's concubine number 65 when he's doing a wrestlemania entrance and then it's like you'll figure it out later brother brother uh i and if it works great if it fails great i mean you for the most part i've been okay with it i I don't watch weekly i will admit that 
But I, if, if there's anything with any of those folks I mentioned, I will watch that. Yeah, I, I said it to Tom, to Tom Stoppett here last week, and I said it to him. I, I watch every week. I only missed one week, and that's mainly because of Dancing with the Stars. And um, <laughs> it was Disney week. You, you got to give me some slack. It was Disney week. But um, other than that, I have not missed an episode. I, I actually am enjoying the show. Like, maybe it was because it was leading to war games. And this past Tuesday, we'll get to that in a minute. I thought the show has been all right. It has been great. No. Has it been better than Ross in weeks? Yes. Um, I, I I don't know. I, it's weird for me. I know we've been discussing this for like a couple of months now where it's like, I'm torn. Well, we get the war games. War game is good. But that's not even when the story is coming up. Besides Cora Jade, who I, I keep saying Cora Jade because she's just, she's she literally put out a post saying, I'm celebrating my three-year anniversary in the wrestling business. What the fuck? She is this good at three years old. Only thing she's building on America under mic skills. Other than that, she is really good. And I rewatched her at BCW. Um, Mandy got into an argument with her at a BCW show once. It really happened. So, like, this is the kind of stuff that's like we've been watching her grow, and I love watching her. But other than that, War Games was good. But I did the two big things that came out of it: Kyle O'Reilly, who got turned on, but who turned on or got turned on by Benoit. I have no idea how that worked out. It was really bizarre to watch on Sunday. But they had turned a, on him. I guess. I don't know. Because Kyle saw it coming. So I, I don't know how it worked that. But um, we had a steel cage match on Tuesday, and I guess that writes off Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Rich, is Kyle O'Reilly gonna end up at AEW sooner or later? Oh, yes. I, I think that's without a doubt. I think he has several inroads. One, the fact that they and the one thing I enjoy about AEW in terms of what I've missed in North American wrestling is integrating the history of everything in wrestling. Like the fact that you have within the elite, Adam Cole making the Undisputed Era a sub-faction and Bobby Fish's entire gimmick is he forgets he's in the wrong company. He can't do that anymore. No, no, put that down. That is funny. We're not that is very funny. That's very funny. And so with Kyle O'Reilly, you add him in, you get Red Dragon, which is going to be a great tag team. Oh, and one of yeah. the dirty little secrets about AEW, particularly the Young Bucks, I think people aren't paying attention to is going forward as executive vice presidents, especially with that extension of their contract, they're going to need their tag division to carry them rather than trying to get eight stars because every other match they're getting really hurt, like neck, back stuff like you can't really take a week off and you're going to be right just like with Kenny Omega so you get them in there that's another good team that can kind of take that load off you don't have to be on TV every week additionally you also have the option down the road if you want to recreate uh either future uh was it future shock what was the tag team with O'Reilly and Cole oh yeah future, um, shock, yeah, future, future shock, shock future shock future shock yeah you got future shock you've got the um the opportunity to create a sub-faction of, if, say, Kevin Owens joins, the Mount Rushmore versus Undisputed Era versus the Elite. Like, there's so many different things you can play with, and Kyle doesn't have to become cool Kyle again, which that alone will save me in stress. <laughs> That's very, very true. Dad, any thoughts on the Kyle O'Reilly leaving NXT? It looks like he's leaving. I mean, when at the end of the match and he throws up the Undisputed Era sign. Yes, I popped for that. To me, I think that was a his way of saying "fuck you." Yeah, you know, I can uh, go with that. I can go with that. Know, I, I've worked my ass off in this business, and I don't know if anyone appreciates it, but I will find someone that will, and the someone that will will probably be Tony Khan. And here's the thing: Kyle O'Reilly 
is one of these guys that can get into your head, you know, and play that mind game. And he is so focused on strikes and submission that when he comes to AEW, I can see him having a match against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And let's see what happens from there. And then probably Red Dragon gets reformed. I, I I will go nuts if Red Dragon reformed. I mean, Bobby Fisher really got the music. So you might as well reform the team. So yeah, as well at this point. Um, the other thing, obviously, Johnny Gargano. I have no idea what the hell is going on. Because as of last show, we were talking about Johnny Gargano's contract expiring and we get an extension for this show. So he has the match. He comes out to Rebel Heart. Everybody's going crazy. I mean, even Mandy and CD are going crazy because they've been to Rebel Heart in about a year. And we're going nuts hearing this song. It feels like goodbye. He's wearing these Johnny Takeover tights that have like his entire history on them. And it's nuts. And then he says, I'll see you Tuesday. What? So then on Tuesday, he comes out and he gives his whole goodbye speech like he's retiring. And I... What now? Like, what do we do? Like, what is going on here? Is Johnny Gargano actually done? Is he just taking off time? Is he just taking off leave? Is he going to be back for the Rumble? Is he just taking off turning? Is he going to AEW? I have no idea what the hell is going on. Because if you throw pictures, Johnny put up pictures right after the show, and I put them on the Blake and Show Instagram page, and him and Kyle saying goodbye to the crowd. So I don't know. And then, oh, I, okay, I'll just throw this out there. Um, okay. Austin Theory today put up this two-minute video to, if I, if this is my last day by nickelback of all the highlights of the way and it was like it was way sweeter and more emotional than it ever deserved to be it was fantastic and that makes me feel like johnny is gone rich I, John, oh yeah, yeah you go first yeah you go first yeah, you go first yeah. here's the thing you know uh no one would expect the unexpected and go through all this and basically mm -hmm. figure, okay, I'm staying because I want to do the one more match thing and, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I think that's where it's headed. I want to do the one more match, leave on my terms and basically say sayonara to everybody, but I want that one more match before I go. But in the meantime, he's also going to take time off at, and he is very proud to say it, my new job is going to be a father. And I love it. I got to say, I love the fact that he's, it so, looks like Moxley, much like John, even Cody Rhodes, even as much as much as Waylo's making fun of him for right. the gender reveal. So he's still a proud so, father. <laughs> so I'm looking at this way. I don't think it's over until Johnny says it's over and he wants the one more match before he leaves. You know, sometimes I say things just to get Rich to pop, and that was one of those moments. <laughs> that was one of those moments. <laughs> Rich, your thoughts on Johnny Gargano? What the hell is going on? I, I think he is honestly going to take the time off and be a dad. With I think about Moxley and him and Renee talking before Moxley went into rehab about how he was really worried about those AEW shows toward the end where she might have given birth and he was on the road or he was at the show. And I think Johnny just wants to be there and be, you know, be there for Candace and just see the little dude get born and go from there. And so that in mind, I think it's going to be a combination of both of what you guys are saying. I think he is going to take that time off just to be dad and dad in prep. And then once the baby's born and Candace feels comfortable, he can then sit down and talk with these companies. 
I don't think the story could be finished in NXT. I honestly feel like if he sat down and he was told he could do essentially the next evolution of what Sean and Triple H did for this current role where he's a wrestler, he becomes partly executive, part teacher, and he's comfortable doing the way or whatever else they want him to do on NXT. If that's what he wants to do, and he's going to be paid extremely well to do it, I, I don't see the downside for him, especially if we all know even if he took a deal with WWE and they fired him a year from now, he could still go to AEW and it wouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. So there's no downside for him if he did decide to stay and he just wanted the comfort of being around his wife and what decision she wants to make. Because as badly as they treat maybe shorter, smaller wrestlers, in terms of Candice's profile as a female competitor, she's exactly what they want. Well, if I remember right in Johnny's promo, he said that I tried and basically said that I'm not good enough. You know, I, I, I'm not, not not big enough. I'm not what they were looking for. Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. When you see what Johnny Gargano can do, it's not about size and mass. It's about ability. And he has that it factor, the ability to basically do what needs to be done to make the match look good. I think it was Jason Powell of the day that said it perfectly that Johnny I feel like Johnny the last year went to prove to Vince that say look I'm more than just a small wrestler I'm also an entertainer I'm also got this whole thing I was the way was I feel like that was a one-year tryout of look what I could do on the main roster if you just give me the time and the ability to do it and look I got also theory on the main roster as crazy as that sounds like the way he got off the theory in a room with Vince McMahon for two weeks, weirdly, weirdly enough. But it's weird how that works, right? Like, <laughs> you know, Johnny Gargano is multifaceted. I mean, yeah. he can do great promos. He's great, you know, the ability in the ring. He makes other people look good. You can put him over and there's no, no issues. And he's entertaining. And to take all of that and pass it on to another wrestler, younger wrestler, and say, this is what you need to do in order to get over. This is what you need to do to stay in the industry and guide these people. I think it, the end result is you're going to have better talent in professional wrestlers. I know last week we talked about Best Phoenix giving index the reason we love it, but Johnny is one of the reasons why index is a thing. Well, he made index work. Like He made everything work. So I hope Johnny... Mm -hmm. Take some time off. And I think Sal said it perfectly. Resign. Don't tell anybody. Hop up at the Rumble. Yeah. Show up at the Rumble. The Rumble Hearts hits at the Rumble. That place is going to go fucking crazy. Well, so like, that'd be a hell of a surprise. Keep, keep in mind, too, that he has a, that wonderful friendship with Tommaso Ciampa. True. So I'm sure both of them have been talking about it. And, you know, it's nice to see Tommaso be an uncle. That's true. It's very nice. So, all right, let's get on. We got one more thing before we get to the main main event today. Uh, AEW Winter is Coming is happening on Wednesday. And um, just for people know, last week's show, we're going to be recording before Winter is Coming. So we're not going to be able to talk about it. So let's preview a little bit here. Um, we have three matches announced. We have, um, let's see here, we have Kirishita versus Serena Deeb, which I'm excited about. We also have MJF versus Dante Martin for the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring. And I guarantee you, MJF will not get the hometown evasion like he did this past week. But that was bizarre. And also we have the main event, which is the AEW World Championship Hangman Adam Page against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. 
And the only reason I'm not wearing my American Dragon t-shirt is because it, it was in the wash when I was getting dressed this morning. <laughs> um, uh-huh, okay. So, uh, I, and also, we have whatever surprises they have up their sleeves. Because remember last year, at Winter is Coming, Sting debuted. Mm-hmm. Um, Rich, your thoughts on these matches, and do you expect anything major surprises to happen at Winter is Coming? Well, I, I think the biggest surprise is going to be, in my opinion, how long they give a televised world title match between Danielson and Hangman Page. I think they're going to treat it like a pay-per-view. And if they can push like they did with the Omega match as many commercials to the beginning as possible to have it be commercial free, mm-hmm. even the, even better. Um, I, I like all three matches. I think that uh, the women match uh, with Okaro Shida. I'm sorry, was it Okaro Shida? Yeah, it's Shida versus yeah. Deep. Shida Deep. Yeah, Sheeta yeah. Deeb is again going back to that feud to get to the fifty, and that that whole I, I enjoyed seeing Serena outside of Straight Edge Society be just an absolute jerk. I it's, love it. It's, it's I love so it. Fun to see, and and I can't wait until her and Punk get to start to interact again, mm. and and start to bring that into the like his relationships with some of those folks, especially now that he's getting his wrestling legs under him, they can start exploiting that. Now they probably won't exploit what he did with Colt and their relationship. That might be a bridge too far. Yeah, but, even for Tony. <laughs> yeah, even for Tony. That's something Vince would do because Vince is, you know, the captain awkward, but that's not something Tony would do. But, and then in terms of the, uh, the overall surprise, I, I don't think there's anyone they can debut outside of say like a Lana, if they wanted to show that like the redeemer has finally been redeemed by the, like that he only loves his Lord and his woman. And we've yet to actually see his woman. And so I think having her show up would be something like a nice surprise. Other than that, I can't think of anything else that would be too much of a Holy crap moment that people would want on that. How about you guys? Um, I'm with her out there. I know during the battle Royal, there was that weird lighting thing that happened in the middle of the battle Royal this past mm-hmm. week. And I don't know what that was about. Um, I know Sal was freaking out because he was wondering what that was about. Um, I, I'll throw maybe out to win the Rotunda as a possibility. I don't know how true, how accurate. I know he's filming a movie and all, so I'm not sure if he's even available to show up on Wednesday. But I'll just throw it with the Rotunda as an idea. Overall, I like the show. I, I am curious. Do you open the show with Hangman and um, Daniel Brian, from Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryanson, whatever you want to call him, and you open up the show with him? <laughs> And uh, or you know, like you did with Kenny and um Kenny and Brian, so then you have that full half hour or hour or whatever you want to do. Like I feel like you open the show with it because no one's no one's looking at the clock like oh there's only ten minutes left. They're not going to end the match. They're not going to interfere with NHL hockey. Like they're not going to do that despite what they despite talking shit about the NHL in the middle of the broadcast all the time. <laughs> they're not going to interfere with the game. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think you open the show with it. Dad, any thoughts on this show? Um. I think you put it in the middle as a buffer. Okay. You know, because you want this match in the middle so it leads into, you know, another match so that way you keep that audience. Or the hour, or that I like the crossover, uh, crossover right. match kind of thing. You know, and, here, and here's the thing. Uh, cowboy shit, oh yeah, they're going to be cowboy shit. Oh yeah, he's winning the match. I'm not saying yeah. he's not going to win the match. Yeah. That's not, um, I, I'm not going to do predictions, because there's no right. way they're taking the belt off that match. I just <laughs> think that there will be at least a couple more matches on the card, at least I'm hoping for. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Hikaru Shia, she's now starting to have some mean attitude, so I think you know she's coming back with a new outlook and attitude. 
You know, she's not going to be the fun-loving character that we're used to. This is more the, I'm pissed that I'm going to basically take it on everyone that I know. So, but the MJF, I don't know where to go with this, but all I can say is that maybe, maybe Wardlow basically says, I'm done with this shit and walks away from it. I don't see him punk costing him his ring. And mm-hmm. and here's the thing. I've kind of heard that possibly Titan may come to AEW. I don't like that idea. I just don't like Titan or Braun Strowman, as people don't know who we're talking about. Him showing up. Have, have, like have you seen the latest pictures of him? I did. I saw him for the um, I saw Blizzard Raw. Saw Blizzard Raw. By the oh, way, bro, I will throw out there. I will shout out whether he did. To credit was due, Adam Sheehan, um, Braun Strowman did donate all of his money from Blizzard Brawl, all of his, his check and all of his um, meet and greets to the Waukesha Parade Fund. Right. I just want to throw that out there. That's fantastic. Right. The tragedy that happened at Waukesha a couple of weeks back, he did donate all of his money to that. So he's a great man for doing that. So I just want to throw that out there. Here's the thing with, with Adam Braun. He's, he's ripped now. Yeah, he is. I give ripped, him that. He is. And... and uh, you know the beard is shaved off a little bit, and he looks he looks intense and focused. And you know I've heard rumors AEW, I heard Impact. I think he would be a better fit with AEW. Would Impact take him in a heartbeat? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I don't agree with you. I don't think he'd be a good fit in AEW at all. I, I don't think so. Unless you're feuding him with like the Big Show, I do not see him fitting in at AEW with their lineup at all. Like maybe a Wardlow match, maybe a Hobbs match, but that's about it. Even then, there he's going to tower over everybody, and that's not a good thing for the AEW roster, like at all. So that's just how I look at it. Did I hear right at the end of yesterday's show that Hook is going to be the be- yes? I was going to do that. I was going to get to that next. I was totally going to get to that next on right. Friday on tonight on Rampage. When people are hearing this on Friday night on Rampage. They announced Hook is wrestling. I am so damn excited for this. I'm not going to see it live, obviously, because I'm going to be at the movies. But when I, on Saturday, I will watch this match. I am so excited to see Hook wrestle. I have no idea why I'm so excited for this. Listen, <laughs> you're not the only one, Blake, because this isn't a... I'm not going to say about the match, but people there mentioned that he has a licensed song as his theme song. What? What song? What song is it? What song is it? Do you know? Action Bronson song. What? Yeah. I'll send it to you. Um, just bear with me as we're chatting. I may go away for a moment, but I'm going to DM you the uh, the link that's, to the song. That's amazing. So, so here's the thing I'm looking at with Hook, okay? Knowing how who his father is and how he's trained and everything. My thing is, do does everyone expect high expectations for Hook? I don't know if it's high expectations to the fact that they're excited because I want to see who Hook can do. I want because he's been he's been he's been all over the place for so long now. I want to see what he can do. Right, but my thing is, is are fans going to set the expectation bar too high? Um, he's in a mattress Fago. He's in a mattress Fago to assault. So (laughs) I don't know. I'm just excited because it Hook, and I want to see what he can do. I, I I don't expect much. I don't expect this match to be long. I don't. But it's the fourth match on Rampage, and they only, they only do two and a half matches. So, like, the fact that they're doing four matches says to me this match will not be long. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll listen to that later. I'll listen to that later. <laughs> so, uh, yes or no, Hook fails or Hook 
wins. I don't think fail Hook can fail right now. I don't think no. he can. No. <laughs> I think Hook is going to be. I argued with Travis last night on the East Coast cast, because he's the only person I think I know that thinks Hook sucks. And I was like, sir, I will fight you in the street. Hook is a national treasure. When Hook wrestles, it's going to be a moment. And apparently, another live report, there was a person chanting for Hook before the match. Ah! And there were a bunch of guys in front of her. And it turned out they were his teammates from high school. Oh my God, it's great. They relayed the story that Taz was their football coach when they were in high school. So they, oh my Lord. They were the hook section. And that's, again, I'm, I'm smiling so much because I'm like, Hook is just, he, I tried to explain to Travis when, when, he, when Taz lost it last night on Diamond, he's like, that's it. I'm unleashing a secret weapon. On Friday, you guys get Hook. And I was like, that's it. Get it now. You have ended. AEW for the rest of us. Hook has now been activated. Oh, God help a, us all. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope. I hope that he ends the match with the kind of hand submission move. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so we'll talk. Like I said, on Saturday morning, probably before I worked out, before because we have a church thing going on on Saturday, so I'll try to squeeze Rampage in before I go to that. But I, I, I'm so excited to see this match. I really am. So, all right, let's get to the reason we are here. The reason I had, we reached a minute, this kind of announced I immediately reached out to Rachel, like, we have to do this show this week. Um, this weekend is kind of a big night for wrestling. It is ROH, final battle, the end of an era, colon, the end of an era. That is the name of the pay-per-view happening this Saturday night. Obviously, it's happening, and I'm kind of emotional going into the show because Ring of Honor has been around for a long, long time now. And as a matter of fact, when I was a couple weeks ago, um, CJ, um, for those who are listening, or my son, come up to me and um, was asking about Bobby Fish and um, didn't know much about Bobby Fish because he's just now getting into independent wrestling. And he's like, Oh, what can he's like? I found this match. It's with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I'm like, yeah, Red Dragon. And he's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, Red Dragon. They're a team. They're really, really, really good. And they had these matches with the Bucks. And he's like, wait, what? And then I'm like, Christian, come upstairs with me. And we went upstairs. And I, I'm not a huge now in 2021 because streaming services and everything. I'm not a big wrestling DVD collector like I used to. But there's one company that I've come on to my DVDs for. It is Ring of Honor. And I pu- opened up my drawer of Resident DVDs and handed him about 15, 20 Ring of Honor discs. And he went through these discs. And so I, as um, a little show and tell here, as we're starting our Ring of Honor conversation, I do have the first Ring of Honor show I ever attended in my hand. And that would be um, Cage Collision. 2009 at Chicago Ridge, Illinois. And um, this had a steel cage warfare match on it. <laughs> and um, the match, this is the match, is Brett Albright, Roderick Strong, Jay Briscoe, Eric Stevens, and Ace Steel against the faction of Sweet and Sour Incorporated. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is my first show ever, and I never heard half these guys in my first show. But on this show as well is one Brian Danielson tagging with Tyler Black. Against Austin Aries and Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> and Nigel McGuinness against El Generico is also on this show. So, like, that's how far back I go with Ring of Honor. Um, it's going to be, it's weird that we're now talking about what could be the final show of Ring of Honor. 
Oh, I just realized another match on here. Claudio Castanoli versus Kevin Steen. Also on this show. <laughs> um, so I do have I do have a and by the way, another quick note, Bring of Honor last weekend, Black Friday. I, I called it the we might be going out of business sale. They were selling their DVDs for like two bucks a pop after discount. So I picked up a whole set of 2019 discs, 2017, 2018, 2019 discs, including the entire Global Wars tour mm. from 2018 for New Japan and Norwich, which I have started wow. watching. And they are freaking fantastic. These shows are fantastic. <laughs> but Rich, your thoughts now that we're reaching the end of an era here, literally, of Ring of Honor. I, I think it's a shame that we're reaching it. I, to your point, I'm thinking of my first match. Uh, and when Jay Lethal said he wasn't going to be at Final Battle, that was kind of disappointing because he was in, he was at one of my first shows here in Pittsburgh when I was in college. It was a Special K. That's how far back I got. Wow. He was Hydro in Special K, playing a tweaker. And then uh, the, the, one of the main events was a three-way between Samoa Joe, uh, CM Punk, and I can't remember who else it was, but the finish was Punk giving the other person the Pepsi plunge, which was the first time I ever saw that. And it broke my brain. Wow. And I can't wait for him, as an aside, to use the Pepsi plunge in AEW because the first time he uses it, I, I think it should be on Cody just ah. because all the teases for the pedigree Cody's done. If he were to eat a Pepsi plunge, that would be fantastic. True. Um, but in terms of Ring of Honor, I, I just, it's just so disappointing. There's so much history there. They have been the spine of professional wrestling since the collapse of WCW and ECW. They have been the spiritual link and the future of wrestling. And if you don't believe it, look no further than the gentlemen you mentioned. Some of the women that were in the promotion, even if they were tangential as uh, valets, have been influential. And then now, every major promotion in the world has a Ring of Honor alum, either as a champion or someone high up in the company. True. Like there, there's so True. much there. And, and it's, look at it's my just... shirt. Look at my shirt. I'm wearing a Kevin Owens t-shirt that I just got I got myself from a Black Friday sale. And it's the most recent one, but it's Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor. So like, it's more proof what you're just saying right there. Yeah, and and I, I was going to buy, but I, was, I didn't know if it was appropriate for my son at school. They might like uh tell him it's inappropriate i was gonna get trey a uh, top five dead or alive hands down briscoe shirt ah. because i was talking to wait about it and i was like that is true everyone talks about the bucks at the mm -hmm. apex of this they're the number one tag team but when you think about it and you take a step back top five briscoes have to be there I especially agree. for the point you mentioned with yeah. the hardys there haven't been like they made the the one mistake with kind of the the, the bigoted ignorant language they used and they've since made amends with that. They've done what they could to kind of step away from what they had said. And, and everyone who's talked to them has said they kind of turned over a new leaf. But the Briscoes, like every time I see Mark and Jay, I'm like, these mofos used to be the skinny dudes who were wrestling the backseat boys. And I'm like, okay, they're all cool. And it's 20 years later. And these dudes are still wrestling. And they look like grizzled farm hands from Sandy Fort by God, Delaware. Oh, it's crazy, Rich. The Briscoes won the DCW Tag Team Championships and everybody flipped out. Like, everyone went nuts yeah. because it was the Briscoes. Like, it was so unexpected. Mm -hmm. Dad, I'll throw it to you. Go ahead. I echo what Rich said is if you look at all the organizations that have alumni from Ring of Honor, I mean, 
and look how much better their organizations are for it. I mean, Steve Carino, yeah, he's with NXT right now, but Steve Carino mm-hmm. basically was kind of like the backbone for Ring of Honor that would take the talent and say, okay, this is what you need to work on. This is what basic I think you should do. This is what you shouldn't do, things of that nature. And if you look at the talent at the time that was there, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, uh, Tyler Black, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. (laughs) And and they've gone to different organizations and they've honed their craft and basically got better at it. And now they're very successful. Um, To me, it's, it's bittersweet because I remember first watching Ring of Honor on HDNet. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. And, and, and seeing the people there and Ring of Honor had this cult underground following that basically all these people went and said, you got to see this. You got to see this promotion. You got to see this. This is cool. Uh, it, this is something that's going to lead somewhere and be something. And the naysayers like, nah, nah, nah. Well, naysayers can say all they want, but you got to look. The proof is in the pudding on how well the organization did and for and the talent that they had and the talent has gone on to become more successful. I don't know what other organization that you can say that did that. That's true. I, I will say two, I'm going to turn my background off for one second here because I have two things in my little show and tell here thing. First of all, is the first show me and dad attended for oh. Bruce City. Um, it's called Bruce City Beatdown. It was a Milwaukee centric show. Um, it was um, July 14th, 2012. It's the first show me and dad attended. And um, this actually, the main event of the show was nuts. It was the Briscoes, as you mentioned, against ROH World Champion Kevin Steen and Jimmy Jacobs. And this is this ended up being ended up being one of those matches where was it Mark jumped off? Of, was it Mark or Jay that jumped off of the actual went to the top of the building and Jay. jumped off of it was Jay and Jay. jumped off of the freaking top of our building into the ring. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in yeah, my life. From, the from the balcony, from the balcony, it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. The second floor balcony. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable to watch, and it's on this disc. Um, other thing I do want to bring up, you said Pittsburgh. Did you happen to attend Global Wars 2017, Rich? Yes, I did. I do have the disc right here for that. I just picked it up in my Black Friday sale. <laughs> wow. I just picked it up in my Black Friday deal with the Bullet Clippers of Chaos in the main event. <laughs> Funny thing. I didn't attend that because I was coaching a football game that night. But my friends I went to high school, I'm sorry, college with came back from Ohio and did go to it. And so wow. they did one of those texts of wish you were here as we were getting our blow doors blown off by some school and I'm crying in my hands. So unfortunately I could what's, not participate in the awesomeness. You what's know, funny part is the next show was in Columbus. I also have that show right here. And that was, that well. and that's main event is Cody versus Kushida. That was the main event of that show, which is so crazy. I also liked how they're able to work with, New Japan and CMLL yes. and introduce talent from there and have the same thing. That talent has gone on to different organizations and these talents have become successful. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that the shutdown is temporary and at a later date they reorganize and, and reopen because to have this organization shut down permanently 
it's a shame and a travesty. And, you know, to everyone that is there, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that you take time off, you reorganize things, you get focused, you search for talent, you ask, you bring back uh, talent that you have good working relationships with and, and be successful, you know, be a phoenix that rise up from the ashes. Um, so one last thing I want to bring in here, and I will jump to the card of Final Battle. Um, probably one of my favorite discs in my collection. And it's a show I didn't attend, but it's from 2009 in New York City. And that is the Final Countdown. Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGinnis. <laughs> and um, this is a phenomenal show and a phenomenal match. So I had a yeah, that was a crazy, crazy match. Um, the other match, by the way, on here, that's also a ladder war. American Wolves versus Steen and Generico is also on this card. <laughs> so, yeah, that shows Ring of Honor history if ever, ever before. So, that being said, let's actually get into Final Battle. As I turn my background back on, let's get into Final Battle. This Saturday, it, it, I don't even know where the show is. Where is this show? Is it in Baltimore still? Is it still in Baltimore? Yeah, they're in Baltimore, Maryland. I this so. show. And um, they, to their credit, they stacked this show the best of their abilities. Holy fuck, have they stacked this show. Like, I was going through it last night, putting the run sheet together. I'm like, wow, they stacked this thing. Like, holy shit. There is so many good matches on here. And it's going to be one hell of a show. Um, and then I found out they announced two matches for their pre-show. Which I didn't know about last night. <laughs> and out this morning, because I was finalizing the finalizing the run sheet. So the two matches on the pre-show, we have Shane Taylor to promotions, Eli Isom, Tyler Rust, but he's boy, he jumped from NXT there right fast. Um, yeah. and Tracy Williams versus Bionis Unlimited, Brody King, Homicide, and Tony Deppin. And then the other match is EC3 and um Flamita. Wow, those are the pre-show matches. Um Richard thoughts on these pre-show matches real fast. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to show. Obviously, if you're on a pre-show of one of the last potentially Ring of Honor shows, you care. And if you it, you might be considering coming back when they restart. So I think that's good for all of those guys involved. EC3 has been a fish out of water uh, since the last couple of years. And I'm hoping that Ring of Honor with the restart will give him a platform where he can kind of highlight that he's more than what WWE showed. And then Shane Taylor Promotions. Uh, Sean did an interview with Shane. And I think there's so much that those guys can bring to the table as a stable, let alone, uh, you know, Shane himself. So I, I think that's a great way to kick off and a great sales job of how they can uh, entice you to buy that last pay-per-view. Well, it's interesting for me is that I was watching the last pay-per-view. I forgot what it was. I forgot who it was. It was the last big show they did. And I got real how over Shane Taylor promotions was. I'm like, holy shit, they're over. Like, wow, this might be the hottest pop I've seen so far on this night was hearing them come out. And I'm like, wow. And the fact that they have two different matches with Shane Taylor matches on this show and Shane Taylor, they're all over this card. Like, they're all over the place on this show. It says a lot about this faction. Dad, your thoughts on the pre-show matches? Oh, my God. These pre-show matches could be, like, first matches on the card because that's how good these matches are and with the talent they've got. Uh, they're pulling out all the stops to make sure that they give the fans their money's worth and then some. So let's get to the show. We have 
like I said, this is ridiculously packed. The fact that those are the pre-show matches, and the and it looks like what might be the opening match is Dragon Lee versus Ray Horace. What the fuck? <laughs> wow! I did not realize this was on the card until last night. I'm like, holy shit! Does it even matter who wins this match, Dad? Don't blink, you're gonna miss a move. I swear to God, these guys are quick and, and accurate and and precise, and they're gonna get the crowd pumped up. Uh, to go on to the next matches, and th- this is exactly what you want, is that match to pump up the crowd, to get the crowd all excited, to want something more. Uh, I see Dragon Lee coming on top of this one. Yeah, I, I can see the same. predictions almost don't matter for this show, but like Dragon Lee, I think he's going to win this match too, but it should be a lot of fun. Rich, your thoughts on this matchup? Gee, I'm, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Ray Horace because I think they're going to be able to use him more. I think Dragon Lee and his brothers after this, this is going to be the last time we see them in Ring of Honor because they're going to have a lot of offers. And uh, I think the true winner for this one is going to be the fans because this is going to be balls all right to open. I agree with that. Um, then we have one of the one of two women's matches on this show. And the fact that there are two women's matches on the Ring of Honor show, this says a lot to me. That never happens. Um Chelsea Green and the Hex, Elisa, um, Elisa K and Marty Bell taking on Miranda Elise and the Allure, um, Angelina Love and Manly Leone. What's funny is um, yesterday, because I was just trying to find something to watch while I was just like killing some time yesterday, I actually went back to watch the New York City MSG show. She won Supercard. Okay. And that was the debut of the Allure. That feels like a fucking lifetime ago. <laughs> it doesn't feel like an entire lifetime ago now because it was pre-pandemic and everything else. But mm-hmm. like that is still long ago now. But the fact that the Allure stayed together now and it's been almost two years and Velvet Sky no longer in the group and all this kind of stuff is pretty impressive. Rich, any thoughts on this match? I think it's going to be a good uh, illustration of the women who stayed loyal to them. Just like the, the, the other match we'll get to, I think. As AEW developed and they started taking people, as WWE found more people, I think folks like Mandy Lone fell by the wayside. I feel like uh, the the women in this match are going to be able to kind of showcase that they have a place outside of these companies. And whether it's Ring of Honor, NWA, MLW, elsewhere, this is going to be a pretty good match. I think the Allure are going to win this because, again, because of that two-year period, they've done a good job of sticking with it. And I think that would be a good uh, uh, thank you for them. I can see the allure winning this personally. I, I almost see them pinning like a Chelsea Green just for the fun of it because mm-hmm. it would piss off Matt Cardona. <laughs> it would piss off Matt Cardona. And he's pissed, he pissed off by everything lately, which is fine. I love it. Dad, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with the allure winning it. And I'm hoping that, you know, Ring of Honor reorganizes that they have these this wonderful talent. If not, I've also heard <clears throat> that MLW in the new year is going to have Azteca Underground. Okay, well, question is, will MLW need women on Fusion, Fusion Alpha, or Azteca Underground? What show will they need them on? Because they feel like they have too many damn shows for one company. I, I, I think <laughs> if you're going to promote Azteca Underground, I think you want to get some women ba- you know, to have that on that particular show and showcase their talent just to get the ball rolling. Um, the other thing I've heard is that I don't know if they're still going to keep their, their stable of, uh, wrestlers he got from, uh, AAA and CML, 
like they had before on Lucha Underground. So we'll see what happens. Hold on, MLW another time. Hold on, MLW another time. Okay. Trust me, I, I can take shots at MLW anytime I want to. This is not the time for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on to we're talking about Shane Taylor promotion. Well, we have our another Shane Taylor match. It's Shane Taylor himself. He is in a match with Kenny King in a fight without honor. I feel like Rick Mono had to have a lead fight with honor, one fight with honor match on this show. Oh, yeah. Just because of the history of that tight of the fact of that match. Um Rich, tell us why this is the fight with honor, because I actually don't know why. <laughs> good, good question. The, the, the quickest answer is because. And the, the longer answer is they wanted to do a feud for Shane. And Shane again mentioned when he talked with Sean, it felt like he got a little microwaved with the announcement of the closing. So they jumped to this far sooner than it deserved to get a, a fight without honor, if that makes sense. Like they'd had a feud, but they kind of just it's like okay let's go 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 so really it's just to put it on the card and Shane actually as a side to this he noted it was unfortunate that he wasn't put in the world title match because he thinks having been one of the two or three black ring of honor champions would have been a feather in his cap in his time in the company fair enough so is this list as simple as Shane's winning this match yeah I think so yeah I think so too yeah. dad yeah uh Shane's gonna definitely win the match I- Kenny King's gimmick or character is like very disrespectful. So now you've got Shane that basically is going to uh, talk sense into Kenny or basically knock sense into him, whichever it is. Uh, and yeah, I don't see Shane losing on it. All right. Um, let's move on to our title matches. We have the world six man tag team championships. For that, I wish it was called trio styles. Um, <laughs> Shane Taylor promotions against the righteous. I, I just had another another turn of Shane Taylor promotions just winning another match and keeping these belts. Because so this is the this is the title match I said at the last show that oh my god, this Caesar group is over. So is it simple as keeping this belt on the match? I, I I don't know. I think honestly they might not. I think the way Shane's talking. He might not necessarily come back when they restarted the first uh, quarter. So I think this the safest move for them is I think they can get the righteous back. I don't know if they could get all of Shane Teller's motions or enough for it to be the six-man tag champs. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So the righteous wins the belt. Okay, Dad, your thoughts? I have to agree with, with Rich on this, yeah. I mean, uh, if Shane wants to break away and strike out someplace else, then you got to basically – Put your money on their riches if they're going to stay with the organization. All right. Speaking of staying with the organization, we have the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. My dad didn't even know he gave me a perfect transition. It is the, the OG, the OG Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett taking on. We talked about them a little while ago, and here they are on the card: the Briscoe Brothers, GCW Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers, and the Legends in Ring of Honor. On paper, I feel like if this is it, if this is the last, this is it, and we're not coming back next year, you put the belts on the Briscoes to end with the tag team champions for being on the Briscoes. I feel like that's what you do. Um, Rich, am I right on this one? I'm 100% with you, Blake, but especially because we just talked about that shirt. If they're going to go around and Ring of Honor is going to be more of a, we do a couple shows here or there, you can kind of do what you want, and we trust that you come back. Who else can you trust better than the Briscoes when right. you need them? And they've already started with FTR and, and, you know, on Twitter. If you're saying you're top five dead or alive and you have, they become the belt collectors of tag team championships everywhere else in the world, that's perfect. That's true, Dad. I got to agree. Uh, you know, 
you put the straps on the briscoes. If you want to go out, you won't, no pun intended, you're going to go out with a bang. Uh, so what better way to do it than having the briscoes win? So now it's the match where I kind of feel bad for everybody in this division because it just got off the ground and then the company is heading down for a little while. And that is the ROH Women's World Championship match. It is Roxy taking on Wool Nightingale. I really feel bad for these women because this, this this division just got off the ground. Roxy just won the belt. Yep. And then they're taking a break. Like, ah, oh, damn it. Really? Damn it. Um, I, I guess Roxy retains the belt. Uh, Rich? Yeah, I agree. I think Roxy's young enough. She's trained by Booker T, so she knows about being old school loyalty. And they're going to want to put a rocket to her and make her one of their ambassadors. So it makes sense. She's, she's not going to get snapped up anytime soon. So you might as well use her as an ambassador, pay her yeah. a decent wage to be your champ. And I think that, may, that means she retains. Get it. Yeah. Keep the belt on her. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny. I still not watch the Roxy match. I have not watched it yet. And I want to. Just, just see what she does with it and where she can go. And, and you know, she's like, this young talent that basically you're going to tap into potential for and what better way to do it. It's funny. I saw Roxy. I'm like, is she even like 18? Like how fucking young is this girl? Like no. she is so young. Like, Oh my God. I, I, I think she turned 18. Yeah. It's just she's so young. Like it's crazy. So it's, it, like I said, it's a shame if Ringwater does close the doors and they finally get the women's division right. And then this happens. Um, speaking of divisions that reformed during the pandemic, we have the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, and this is, a, is and this actually kind of revitalized them at the beginning when the pandemic on um, the show started after they had no fans. Um, we have Josh Woods, the Pure Champion, taking on Brian Johnson. Um, if Jonathan Dresham wasn't in the main event of this show, I would be it would be a shame for him not to be in this match. He's in the main event, so I'll excuse it. Um, what do you do here, Rich? Mm-hmm. I think you, you let Woods keep it, and I think you, you but you give him a nice show, and I think Woods is a good ambassador for that title, and that's really the story of all these. I'm thinking of not just what makes the best sense for the story for history, but if you come back, when you come back, how do, how can you sell it? And I think Woods continuing that story of him after beating uh, Gresham would be a great way to progress, and that's not anything against his opponent. I just feel like Woods is the better choice here. Fair enough. Dad, what do you think? Wasn't Woods also with uh, Silas Young for a little bit? I remember right. He was his be a man understudy for a little bit. That's, right. that's what it was. Yes. Right. Um, I I don't see a title change with this. Uh, let him hang on to the belt, uh, and you reform the organization and uh, showcase his talent and and. When you come back, have someone that you think is, I hate to use the, the phrase worthy enough, but worthy enough to go against Woods in the future. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you guys. It's, it's an interesting match. That's all I know. It's very interesting how this is going to go. All right. We have the Arrow Woods World Tag Division Championship. I'm not going to lie. I did not even realize Dalton Castle was champion until about three days ago. Did not realize it. So Dalton Castle. Defending against Red Titus, Silas Young, and Joe Henry. I feel like this is the we're going to put as many people in this match that make this make sense for a TV title match and throw it together and put it on the show because they didn't even have a match set up like a week or two ago when I was throwing on this run sheet. So, um, I don't know, Rich. I, I think the safest one is Dalton 
because they can kind of know he's, you know, if AEW were going to go for him, like, you know, allegedly they're looking at Danhausen, et cetera. I, I get it. But with his injuries, he just needs to be somewhere and chill for a couple of weeks. So I hope Rhett Titus wins just so Dalton Castle can like kick his feet up, chill. And then when his back is good, when the rest of his body's right, he can wrestle wherever he wants. Um, I just want to shout out to Silas Young, who is our Milwaukee guy. And I, I remember, I remember, um, we were at, we had a show here and it was the tag team. It was, well, I forgot what the tournament was, but it was, they had the Bruce city, they had Bruce city bruiser and Silas Young in the tournament and they came to Milwaukee and they're Uber heels everywhere else. It was very MJF ish. The Uber heels everywhere else. And they come here and they got a hero's fucking welcome. Okay, heroes welcome, and it was it was fun. I, I had a DVD in my in my collection here somewhere, and it was so much fun. And I remember the show airs. No context. There's no context to why they're so damn popular in Milwaukee. Remember the fact that they will. I actually, matter of fact, in our um, in our wrestling intro, it says um, there's a chant in there. Um, that we, I, I can't think of it right now, but it started from a Silas Jong trying to insult the crowd, and then us taking his insult and making it into a chant. <laughs> what happened? I'll never forget it. Was it wasn't the sh- the, the, the chance shots shots? No, no, no. That was that was Matt Taven. That was Matt okay. Taven. Oh, no. That was Matt Taven. No, I, I can't think of him right now. I think I don't remember him right now, but it's really really funny. But also, and the reason I tell this story is Hayden Glee, formerly of Harrelson, not, not not there anymore. But Hayden Glee, he messages me as the air which is airing in his area. He's watching it. He's reviewing it for the show, and he messages me on Facebook. He's like. What the hell was that all about? Like, why was the crowd here? I'm like, because they're hometown guys. I don't know what else to tell you. They're hometown guys. <laughs> so I wanted to throw it out there as a shout out. I do like the belt idea of putting the belt on, on a red Titus. I don't think it truly matters because what the hell is the world television championship is no television. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even think about that. Oh my god. That is awesome. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say you put it on Silas because Silas has yet to uh, have said belt. So you put it on Silas and, you know, just because they're not syndicated doesn't mean they can't stream. Uh, I'm sorry. I couldn't resist that joke. I couldn't resist it. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our main event. And I have to give credit where it is due. The other day, there's a video on Ring of Honor's Instagram page and probably all over the social, but I have more of an Instagram person lately because it's the only place that doesn't feel like um hell on water. Um, so I'm on there and they're gonna put up a video, and it's it is of these two men, Bandito and Jonathan Gresham. And it was a fantastic video. Like I go out of your way to see this video. It was the two of them just telling if this is it, if this is the end, this could not be a better made event or final battle than this match. I agree. I agree. This, I feel like this is going to be a main event of final battle proportions. I put the belt on Jonathan Gresham to end the run. Because then, if you do come back, Jonathan Gresham is the perfect Ring of Honor champion to come back with Rich. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that with his Terminus promotion that he's opening up, he could still be an ambassador for you, kind of like how Nick Aldis, anywhere he went as NWA World's Champion, he was still representing the NWA. I think the, the having the ability to have the foundation as something as your foundation for your next iteration of Ring of Honor is smart. And so I, I agree 100%. Dad? Yeah. 
I, I agree with you guys. Uh, the belt changes and puts it in Jonathan Gresham, and what better ambassador to have? I mean, this is a guy, you know, he may not be the biggest fish in the pond. He may not be the strongest fish in the pond, but he's the best fish in the pond because he's polished. Uh, he's promo the mic skills and the moves. And, and here's the thing. This guy is kind of like the total package right now. And what better person to promote the, the organization when you reorganize and, and blast off again than, than Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree, but that is final battle. I expect the show to end with some kind of a celebration from him winning the belt. And then we have some video package to end things. I know um, Eric Abani was on Pressing Boom this week for Jason Powell, and he said there is at least one person from the past returning as a special appearance. He didn't want to say who it was, but he said somebody from the past is returning. I think they have some relationship, because remember right before the pandemic, literally the day of the pandemic starting, we were on the show, and we were talking about that Pat versus President show that was supposed to happen in Vegas the week the pandemic started, and they had a communication with all those past people. So try to bring some of them back for this show. I think Mm -hmm. it would be pretty damn cool. I would like to see Nigel back for the show. Just for one night, for one night only. That would be cool. I mean, yeah. bring some I people mean, back. Not, not wrestling, but just to come back to say thank you. Even a special guest mm-hmm. commentary would be cool. Just to show yeah. up for that. That would be really cool. Yeah. Just because I, I remember watching Nigel like doing commentary, and he'd be jumping up around, he'd be running off the dance table, he'd be going crazy. It was so so much fun well, to watch Nigel we- commentate. I mean, you know, when he was in the second floor balcony in the shows we went to, you know, he was really, uh, how can he I was say? more into it than some of the fans were, right? <laughs> I mean, he really got into the matches and animated, and, and which is good for a commentator because then you're getting the, the crowd at home all pumped up. Yeah, I remember watching, I forgot what show it was, one of our shows in Milwaukee. For those who don't know, the setup at the at our, at our building, Hurt Hall Ballroom, was we have the ring, we have a stage. And then you have the lower bowl, and then you have two balconies. And the announce team would be up in the second balcony by the cameras for almost all the shows. So they'd be right wow. there. They have their screens, and they'd watch everything. Sometimes you could look up, and you could see Ian, or at the time, Kevin Kelly, or Nigel, going or nuts up. Or Steve Carino. Having a fucking blast up there. Having so much fun the entire show, like it made it more entertaining. Like I can only imagine what it was like at home because, like, they were having so much fun up there. Yeah, just recording on commentary on these on these shows that we were watching. So, oh, like, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That would be yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we say goodbye to Ray Honor. Hopefully for now. Hopefully in uh, hopefully in April when we do our um, WrestleMania weekend preview weekend because we will be back for that this year because um DCW right now is their entire weekend. So we'll be back <laughs> for our um independent weekend our independent preview of, of um WrestleMania weekend this year. Uh hopefully Rich can come back for that in April. We can cool. do that. And uh, like we used to do we, we skipped last round with the pandemic so hopefully we can do it this year. Um so that being said let's get out of here. Normally I throw some music but I'm having some music issues over here. So Dad what are we closing the show with and I'll put the music in in post. Hey, we're closing the show out with The Carpenter's Merry Christmas, Darling. The reason I picked that is that was the song that uh, Mom and I had because when I was working late shift or overtime and I couldn't get home for Christmas, she would play this song. And oh, hopefully that is really that sweet. I would, I would get back in time 
for Christmas with the kids and open presents as a family. So that is super sweet, actually. So, all right, let's get out of here, Dad. Free South Park. Go. Hey, for more information on our show, including where you can hear our show, go to the Blake and Sal Show. Dot com and our Facebook page, our Twitter page, Instagram page, and please leave a comment and a reading, and we will read them on the show. Yeah, we definitely will do that. We are part of the Wisconsin Podcast Association and the National Podcast Association, I guess. For more information, go to podcastassociations.com or follow them on all social media platforms to see them promote our show sometimes. Um, Dad, say your thing. It is always a spare pleasure, and please, if you have a local independent wrestling organization where you live at, please patronize these people. These are young men and women. They're coming up in the world of sports entertainment, professional wrestling, and they want to show you what they can do and, and how they're able to hone their craft so they can go on and entertain you because that's what they want to do. And please patronize these people, but do it safely. And please wash your hands, social distance, mask up, your choice on whether you want to get vaccinated or not, but I highly recommend that you get vaccinated because that's the way we're going to beat this son of a bitch COVID-19 and basically stomp its ass until it's out. So please do what you need to do so we can basically all come back and watch shows or get together. I'm not going to be as nice as that. I'm going to say get your ass vaccinated. Um, by the way, it sort of sounded like I was talking shit about the um, podcast associations. We paid for them, and I, I've told them how I feel about them lately. So uh, trust me, I'm not talking anything I haven't to them personally lately. So, Rich, okay. say your shit. Say, say your stuff. Go for it. Yeah, as always, a pleasure. Like I said, I want to have you guys on to do the deep dive and talk about uh, uh, Peacemaker because I think having wrestling fans that follow this stuff is a good, good thing to do. It's always a pleasure being on here. Uh, thank you guys always and i thought mark that was an awesome song to share uh I, I think about family at this time and how awesome it is that you guys have this relationship with wrestling uh at some point my son's gonna transition into beating me to death with we- weapons and stuff because that's just what he does he, he he watches the extreme stuff and he wants to beat me up but uh as always you can follow me like i said before on twitter rich underscore fan fanfan but honestly search pw torch if you like what i do or like what i write great there's a billion people on the site that do great stuff. So someone's going to fit your fancy. Take it, take a listen, try us out, let me know, and then we'll go from there. Um, I will say real fast, I know that Kabloot's going to be inside a special episode. In a few weeks, Rich will be back on the show to actually help us preview um, WWE Day 1 and Wrestle Kingdom. I am excited for that. I, I look forward to Wrestle Kingdom every year, and we'll be doing that in a few weeks. So, But next week, Sal will be back with us. John Parker will be with us, and we will be having the first ever Blake and Special Christmas party. I'm excited for this, and um, there will be games. There will be fun. I'm looking forward to this one. I, I already have two games set up for this show, so this should be good. <laughs> and, 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 and there may or may not be drinking on the show. Who knows? It will be, it'll be the middle of the afternoon. You can have a drink if you want. I, I might still be on the clock for work, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's, recording. It's, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Oh, man. So, yeah, next week. And, and the games, by the way, have already been Mandy approved. So there you go. <laughs> All right. That being said, thank you so much, Rich, as always, for coming on this show. It's always fun. Always just, look forward to having you wait, on. Rich, wait, your son is going to kick your butt in some sort of video game. And then he's going to just you'd be proud as peach that he did that. And he's going to be posting it on the Instagram where I kicked my dad's ass. I feel like that. I feel like I feel like that's dad. So I'm saying what they would do if he actually was on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, it's coming. All right. Um, let's get out of here. 
Thank you, Rich. I'm Blake. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to The Blake and Sal Show with Mark. As Ian Riccoboni would say, happy wrestling. Have a good day, everybody. Peace out. We love you guys. And please, please, be nice to each other. Thank you so very much. Goodbye. And good night. All right, we are out. so very much goodbye and good night